Absolutely incredible. Thank you guys for leading us in worship. Bye, kiddos. If, if, uh, if you haven't seen and noticed, that is awesome. They're jumping over the, up and down over there and bringing life into this place. And man, that's awesome. So bye, kids. Hey, welcome to Church Project. I am Aaron Havens. Um, I'm the pastor here. If you're a first-time guest, we hope you enjoy yourself today. When you sat down, there was a response card, and the response card is a great way to turn in prayer requests uh, or to give us information every week or, or almost every week. We're sending out emails that just update you as to what we're doing at Church Project, the in and outs of everything, and so we're glad that you are here today. Hopefully you enjoy yourself. Hey, we're a church. Uh, we're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended church to be, and we're a project. We have no idea how to do church tomorrow morning. We're just trying to figure out how to do church today. With the context of today, okay, we're just trying to catch up with what the Holy Spirit is already doing tomorrow morning. We'll worry about that tomorrow morning. But we're a project. We're trying to figure it out together. Hey, we love Jesus. We love the, we love the Bible. We love Scripture. And we're not going to fluff this thing up. We're going to keep it pretty real and pretty honest. So if that's good with you, we're good with you being here today. And I think we're going to have an incredible time just as we open God's Word and just discover what He has for us today. Hey, we uh, just got back from, a, from our Savor Marriage Retreat. S-A-V-O-R, Savor. I like Savor, I like that. We just got back, 20 couples in downtown Denver, and this was our, uh, I, it's up to debate, I think our fifth, but Jason's four or five, four or five years of doing our marriage retreat, and I got to say, this year was probably the best we've, we've ever done, and so what I want to encourage you to do is begin counting down if you're a couple, because 360 odd days away, we're going to do it again, we're going to open up registration, and it will sell out, because it's just that awesome, uh, but I, I want to, it, uh, just to acknowledge the people that went, thank you for going, and we're praying for your marriage, awesome. We also need to do something for people that are not married, so you ready to do it? We're going to go downtown and do something. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> okay, let's jump. That, I was just thinking out loud. I was just thinking out loud. No big deal. Okay, let's do it. You're like, you ready to roll? No, we're doing it, so let's go. Don't actually have a plan on that yet, but we didn't get it. I think that's a good way to just kind of move into our teaching today because today we're going to do things a little different. I don't know if you've grown up in church or if you're a first-time guest here and you've never been to church and you were drug here. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you were drug here. Uh, but, but I'm almost more sorry if you've grown up in church and, and you've just kind of come numb. Like that, That's kind of sad. We had some great conversation this morning, a couple men um, just out here just talking about church and, and talking about God's Word. So if you would, open up to Acts chapter 3. Verses 17 through 21 is what we're going to go through. And the conversation this morning looked a little bit like this. We all grew up in church. Like we know the language. We, we, we were taught things about God. We were taught things about His theology at a young age. And it was almost like this. In third grade, I was taught a certain theology about God. And I thought, this is beautiful and awesome. And then I just kind of put it in my pocket and left it in my pocket. And now I can look up at 42, almost 43, and go, do I even know what this means anymore? Like, 
when we open up God's Word, it is an eternal message. It transcends all time and space. It's bigger than we could ever even know. So why would I think that I could grab something in third grade, put it in my pocket, and never look at it again? Like God is going to grow me in my theology. God will not change. His words will not change. But my understanding of God is most definitely different now than it was at third grade. So today, we're going to talk about some things and we're going to be honest and real. And I hope that you're willing to look at God and re-examine Him from your point right now, today. We've never been here, so let's figure out what God is doing. The only way we're going to do that is that we can trust on the Holy Spirit to show Himself to us today. That maybe even in these words that we've read a hundred times, something new is going to pop off of the Scripture for us today. Hey, I believe God's Word is real, alive, and effective It's going to meet us wherever we're at, and it's going to transcend time and space, and it's going to change us. It's going to change our heart. It's going to change our mind. It's going to change our perspective, and guess what that's going to do? It's going to change the way that we move about our days, the places that we go. We're going to see life differently because God is doing different things in us. That's what I'm here for. How about you? I don't want to do just what we've always done. I want to figure out what God is doing today, right now, in this word that never changes. So, let me set this this up a little bit. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible on the rows next to you, and there's a Bible on the cart over here, and you are actually literally going to need a Bible today. (laughs) Welcome to church. Uh, You can open it up on your phone, or you can have a Bible sitting in your lap, but we're digging into this thing. If you have a blue Bible, it's on page 630. If you're just now opening up your Bible, we're looking at Acts chapter 3, verses 17 through 21. So I'll give you a minute to get there. Did I say something funny? What? When people are laughing, I'm like, what's wrong? Okay. I'll give you a minute to get there. Yeah, those are small prints. Sorry. We need big print Bibles. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, kind of set this up a little bit, and then I'm going to give one of the college people a chance to read the ES version for us out loud in a minute. So if that's you, read through it, okay? Okay. Um, I'm going to set this passage up. The passage before that we just looked at last week uh, was Peter and John. They came across this lame guy who was healed. And, and the lame man started to walk. And basically the passage before, what we see is I like to describe it as FOMO. <laughs> FOMO. The fear of missing out. Like something incredible happened in this passage. This, this lame man suddenly began to walk. The Holy Spirit was moving, doing something powerful, and FOMO took place. People started going, I don't want to miss out on what's happening. And we see a crowd of people surrounding, and what are they doing? They're grabbing a hold of Peter because he's the one that actually spoke the words that this, this man stood up and this miraculous thing happened. So fear of missing out, the crowd started running to Peter. And it's like, what's going on? And we have a fear of missing out. We don't want to miss out on what the Holy Spirit is doing right right now. And in the passage before, last week, we talked about, what a shame, like that scares me the most as a pastor. Because you see in verse 6 of the previous passage up here, that the powerful thing happened, the lame man started walking. And then you see last week in verse 11, what we talked about, and what scares me the most is the people fear missing out. They mistook where the power was coming from, and they started surrounding Peter and John. Oh my goodness, 
Why would they think that the power came from men? Why would they think that? And oh my goodness, if you think that any kind of power comes from me, the pastor, the pastor, sorry, the pastor or the organization of church project or this church, you are missing it. You might have a fear of missing out because you know God's doing something awesome and amazing, but don't misplace it. It's not here. It's not in this place. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today we sit here. I set that passage up because Peter very wisely said, no, listen, it's not my power. It's the power of God. That was the passage last week. And then we get into chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, verse 17 through 21. And who is going to be our college victim to read this out loud? (laughs) Don't everyone rush. Come on now. There's like a hundred of you. Who wants it? Three. No one takes it. All right, come on. Come on up here. Oh, oh, well, you don't have to. You want to do it really loud from there? Jeremy's bringing you the mic because (laughs) this just got real in this place. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things, about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Wow. Yes, please. Every week you are reading. I don't care. You college graduate. You're staying here like every week. That is so much better. Wow, that was impressive. Reading this stuff is hard out loud. I always put my words in the wrong spot and commas I don't do right. And there's hard words. And you you ever tried reading publicly? It's very difficult. But today we're going to. We're changing things up. Seth, can you put the, the scripture on the screen? It's already on the screen. <laughs> I didn't have a cool thing like Ann did, like this. And that was awesome. Okay, so, so you're looking at the scripture on the, on the screen. We're going to do things a little different today because I think God can show each of us something incredible. And I want to point out some things. In verses 17 through 21, this actually, if you're following in the book of Acts, this is the second message ever like ever given. That's pretty impressive. The first one was at at Pentecost, you know, and Peter's like, don't worry, we're not drunk. That was a pretty good first message for the church. (laughs) And then then we get to this one right here, and it's the second message in history. I think that's kind of cool. And and, and this message, I've actually broken it up into two parts, which is kind of relieving to me, because I don't need to give a message on a message. So this is going to be the message today. And the first part of the message we look at, we're looking at today, the second part of this message that Peter gives, we're looking at next week. And this first part of the message is speaking to the people. So Peter is speaking to the people. Remember last week he stood up and said, FOMO, don't misplace it. It's not our power. It's God's power. And he begins to point to the people. And then he comes into this message right here, verses 17 through 21, that was most beautifully read. Thank you very much. Let's look at this message that he gave us. In, in, in the first point, he's like, point one of my message today, okay, is it's not all, it's not your fault, you all are stupid. That's his first point. I mean, do you see that? Or is that just me looking out of the lines here? I mean, it says it. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, 
So he's saying, it's not your fault you're stupid. Like, okay, you, mi- you missed something here. So in this second message ever, that was point one of his message. Okay, point two, you chose less than God's best. Bad choice, and you've got to admit it. Like that, would be, that would be the second part of a point of his message, and, and I'll say that again. So point number, oh, I'll, as a good orator should, I'll repeat the points. that. So if point one of the message is this, it's not your fault, you're stupid. Point two is you choose less than, less than God's best. That was a bad choice, and you've got to admit it. So like in verse 19, it says, repent, therefore, and turn back. Like, repent from what? Repent from choosing poorly. Even though you didn't know that you were actually choosing poorly, like you, you chose bad. And so repent from that and turn. Like you've chosen something that's, that's worse than God's best, less than God's best. And so you see what he's saying right here. In verse, at the third point, well, the first one is this. It's not your fault you're stupid. Point two, you chose less than God's best. Bad choice. Just admit it. Repent. Turn from that. And then point three is uh, refreshing and restoration is rolling down the, down the road. I just think, I feel like he was trying to contextualize it. And so, so what he said was refreshing and restoration is rolling down the road. And that's not with the G. It's rolling. Rolling down the road. And he begins to talk to people that, that are coming, that, by the way, are not Christians, fellow Israelites, and he begins to say this, it, it, that refreshing and restoration is rolling down the road. And look in verse, verse uh, 20, that times of refreshing may come. And then look in verse 21, times of restoring all things is coming. And so his third point is, this is coming. Restoration is coming. Um, you're going to be renewed. It's coming, point three. And then the, the point four is always the take-home, like the closer. And you see what he does. He says, Jesus is the one driving that truck. He says, everything that you know, you misplaced it. You didn't know because you, just, you, you weren't quite smart enough. But restoration and renewing is coming. It's, you hear it, you see it, it's coming. And guess who's driving that vehicle? Jesus is. This is a pretty good message. That's so why I was like, I'm not touching it. We're going to leave it just like this. We'll get into the second part of this message next week. But I want to ask a couple questions. What tone do you think Peter took when he's given this message? Was it monotone? Did he have energy in his voice? What tone do you think he took? And where, where when he was giving this, where do you think his, voices, his voice inflected? And, and what did the inflections of his voice mean when he's delivering this message to the people that all they know is they saw the power of God do something incredible and they want a part of it? So as he stands up to give this message, where do you think it, the inflections were? What do you think his tone was? 90% of communication is nonverbal. And so if we're putting it in the context of when he was writing it and giving it to the people, and we know that 90% of the message ever, communication, is nonverbal, what was his body saying when he gave this message? What was his voice? What was his tone? What was his inflection? And so let's read this. In fact, what I want you to do is why you needed the Bible on your lap and why you needed it up on the screen today, which we don't normally do, is we're going we're gonna to take a couple people that are going to read this just voluntarily out loud with a microphone. What perspective would you give if you're Peter? Tell us and show us what inflections are you going to put, 
What does this mean? So I want us to take just about two minutes um, and, and kind of look at this, think about this, pray about this. You're Peter, you're giving this message. And I want to take a couple volunteers to come up and read this together um, after you have a time to kind of set your own tone. What would it be? Maybe we have some cool little music to play, just softly, because that's neat. A lot of people not making eye contact because you know they don't. <laughs> not me. <laughs> I think what we're really trying to accomplish this morning is meeting Sunday morning with Monday morning. Like, it's one of the reasons we do Imagos the most is that our, our everyday items, the holding hands, and great job. Um, you're going to see that walking through Target this week and you're going to think different, you know. Or, or Dory, where's Dory? I can't, whatever. All these images I think are beautiful, and one of the reasons we're doing this this morning is tomorrow morning, Aaron isn't here, Church Project is not here. It's just you, the eternal word of God, and the Holy Spirit. And so if we can teach and we can learn together on how to more accurately understand Scripture, that's the most powerful thing that we can accomplish. So let's do that. Let's do this. This is our quiet time. This is Scripture what tones are happening right here? Who's going to be our, Who's going to give someone the gift of going second? <laughs> Don't make me do it. I'm going to go last. This is backfiring. <laughs> who wants it? Who wants to come deliver this? It doesn't have to be polished. I mean, we're trying to figure this out. Yeah, see, you had left, come on, come on up, oh yeah, T- why don't you take the mic, are you more comfortable sitting over there, wherever? Yeah. Give us, yeah, okay, give us your name, because we like that. Hey, Aaron, hello. And I like it too. Okay, how would Peter give the message? Okay, so, my own interpretation, okay, so, um, all right. 
Friends, I realize that you and your leaders did to Jesus what was done in ignorance. (laughs) But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah. Uh, that he may suffer all these things. Now repent your sins and turn to God for that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. He will again send you Jesus, you appointed, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long, to go, long ago through his holy prophets. Mm, thank you, Aaron. Mm, you go, girl. She dropped the mic and walked off. Number two, victim number two. All right, why are our college people leading? Come on, old folk. There's life, man. They're willing to get out. All right, okay, name and would you read? Spencer. Hi, Spencer. Hello. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Amen. Thank you, Spencer. She paused on Jesus. You paused on Jesus. You paused on Jesus. That's beautiful. All right, we'll go one more, and it better be someone over the age of 25. I mean, (laughs) Tiffany, there you go. Thank you, girl. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's why we have that up there for the blinded people like me. Yeah. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers, but what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Hmm. There you go. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you. She's not over 25 at all. Who's he talking to? Israelites, people that are coming, everyone. Um, I, think, I think one of the things that, that we can mistake is this powerful, powerful message. We forget who we're talking to. You know, I think one of the ways that, that, that he could have said this is, and now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers, but what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, you idiots. Gosh. <laughs> Like, I, like, like, there's different ways to, to, to read this. 
And when we put ourselves in a not movie way of reading it, I, I can just picture Peter there reading it to people, or not reading it, saying it to people live with a broken heart. Like going, I'm humbled one that God used me and my buddy to let this guy begin to walk. I'm humbled too that people are coming. Man, I want to love them. I don't want to repel them. And if there's one thing I have against the church right now more than anything is I think the church of 2017 is repelling people more than it is drawing people. This is a gospel life-changing message that's powerful and lovely. It's beautiful. It's live right now. So why do we go to a world that doesn't even know this message and go, repent, you idiots? Why don't we say, God made you. You're beautiful. Like, I'm trying to figure out this life just like you're trying to figure out this life. We believe in this. Like, it's life-changing. And we give this message wherever we go, in beautiful ways. So may I propose that when he's given this, he's heartbroken. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in in ignorance, as did your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of, of all the prophets that this Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent. Therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of His holy prophet long ago. How we give the message is just as important as what we're giving. How much do you love others? How much do you love yourself? Do you hold yourself hostage to past mistakes? Do you believe false aliases that Satan's throwing your way? Do you hold on to theology that was back from the third grade? You've never examined it. You've never grown in it. It's dead. It's stagnant to you. Church should be moving. His word should be moving and changing. And we should be honest. I'm not up for faking it. Are you? If so, please don't come. (laughs) Or come long enough until you realize that you don't have to fake it. How about that? That's a better way to say it. I just got to believe that when you get around people that love God and you let his word come alive in you, it's going to change you. And by the way, it's going to change your neighborhood where you live. You're going to be better neighbors, better people, better friends, better students, better employees, better bosses, better humans. We're going to have a better world because of this, because it's alive in us. So my... My challenge to us is is don't fake it. How much do you despise the lies of Satan? I hate the lies of Satan. I know, hate's a powerful word. I think that's a pretty accurate place to put it, wouldn't you? Like, if we're going to use hate anywhere, couldn't we use it there? Like, I hate the lies of Satan. 
What he does to my mind and my heart is disgusting. And what he does to, to the hearts and the minds of the people around Greeley makes me so mad. Use vulgar language right there, but I don't want to push it that far. How much does your heart break for the pain in this world? How much do you give of yourself for the refreshing and the restoring of others? I mean, that's the message that was given, right? God loves you. Jesus loves you. He's died for you. Repent from those things. Turn from those things. Why? It is going to be so refreshing and and so rewarding, and it's going to be renewing, and it's going to be restoring. It's going to be awesome. Like, let's get this. First and foremost, it starts here, quietly in our heart and in our mind, as we open up Scripture, just like we did today. We take our time with it, we move through it slowly, and we let the Holy Spirit move in us. I'm going to do one more thing, um, and you can, you can close your Bibles if you want, because it may just confuse you. This is the ESV version. I know there's other versions that you can read, and you can pull this down because I don't want people reading along with it. I'm going to read the NLT version, which says the same things. It just does it a little different, but I think it puts good wording to it as well. But let's let the scripture come alive in our hearts and in our minds. So let me read the NLT version for us, okay? Same message, just a different version here. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. When times, uh, then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. I want to read Romans 8.21 over us, and then we'll be closed for today. Romans 8.21 says this, that the creation itself, will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Let me read it again. Pay attention to the words. That the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Okay, let's, let's, let's read this again. We're not down south. But I know we can get an amen or two when it begins to sink into your heart and into your mind as to what is being said right here. That the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. God wants to set you free. That's it. From the bondage of sin, He wants to set you free the bondage of corruption. He wants to obtain freedom in your heart and in your mind. Don't let Satan hold you captive anymore. Don't let what that friend whispered about you 20 years ago be your identity. He wants to set you free from that. Don't let the circumstances of today keep you in bondage. He wants to set you free from that. 
you want it? There's nothing so bad that keeps us from his love. It doesn't matter. I mean, read this jacked up Bible. Murderers, thieves, liars, adulterers, all sorts of people came to know the love of Christ. And they weren't perfect from that point either, either. They kept messing up. They kept getting grace and forgiveness. Thank God, because I need that. And I just imagine that you might need that as well. Don't know. You could be the biggest obstacle to receiving this message, though. Because you believe in Satan more than you believe in God. You're believing third grade theology as a grown man. Would you engage scripture and God and the Holy Spirit today and this week like like it's life changing? Because it is. And Anne, you so beautifully pointed that even when we don't want to, God's hand is there just to grab the hand and trust that God's going to do beautiful things. He's not going to hurt you. He's walking with you. The question is this, church. Are you willing to walk with him? Man, I sure hope so. That's what this whole thing's about. Let me, if I would, pray over us, and we're going to sing. We're going to worship God in this place. God, thank you. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your word. God, thank you for your forgiveness and thank you for your grace. I pray that that rests on us today and that we receive that today. That God, if there's anything we're holding on, bitterness of church, bitterness towards you, pain, sorrow, whatever that may be, I pray that you crush it. Overwhelm it with your joy. Overwhelm it of what is, not what isn't. Like, bring new life to our hearts and to our heads. And I pray we do it like kids. We just receive it and we apply it. We don't have to analyze it. We don't have to be all stubborn about it. We don't have to be political about it. I pray that you just crush us with your joy and your love and we accept it. Period. And it changes our heart and our mind and our life from this day forward. God, we call on you to move us. Please awaken us if we've been complacent. Let us be real. May Church Project be real and honest and vulnerable. And may we be in awe of how you, you, God, are freeing us from the bondage of corruption. And you're doing so in our lives and you're doing so in the lives of the people of Greeley and beyond. God, we want to be amazed. We give you our time this morning. We worship with you and tell you how amazing you are. Church, if we would stand and just worship together.